Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hope everybody's doing well today. I want to welcome everybody to the Unimpressed Podcast. We have comedian Mike Morgan on the show today, and he's calling in from Ireland, right? Yeah, Ireland. County Cork in Ireland. County Cork in Ireland. <laughs> yeah. So I'm unimpressed that I haven't been to Ireland yet. So what's going on over there in uh, well, this part of the world? You're probably better off where you are at the moment because we're actually under the longest lockdown in the world. Like we, People laugh at Ireland. Like Our comedy clubs aren't open yet. Our bars are barely open. Um, yeah, we're still practically in lockdown over here. And I have a few friends in America who are comedians. And it's like nothing happened uh, in the last year. Like they're just doing gigs every night and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah it's not great. It's not great right now in Ireland. A lot of, um, of course, with COVID. But um, yeah, just for the entertainment industry, it's taken a huge, uh, it's taken a huge uh, knocking this year and last year. So much like yourselves, you know. But yeah, all good. Other than that, all good. The people are all good here. Nice people, all that. We're just trying to see what happens, you know. Next few months, hopefully things will open up again. Nice. So you've been locked down since last year? Yeah, yeah. Uh, since March 20. Since March 2020, so yeah, ne- nearly over a year now, a year and a half. It's been absolutely crazy here. Um, we just we just seem to be playing catch up with everybody, you know. So we just copy what everybody else does, and l- l- like much our Irish people, we're all up for the crack. We're all good for laughing and stuff, but as it goes for political leaders, we we they're a bunch of clones, and we don't really know what we're doing, you know that kind of way. So <laughs> really, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. so nobody's in the bars, nobody's doing nothing. And as you can imagine, Ireland people, Irish people, not in the pubs and not in the bars. That that's a huge thing, man. That's it. That's that's more. That's like ninety percent of what we do. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's taken away from us, like you know. So uh, yeah, struggling at the moment in Ireland, but yeah, keeping optimistic, keeping optimistic. You know. And and that is uh, that is Ireland's identity. I mean, you know, you I know. Talk about Ireland. <laughs> know. You like, know, you talk about the bars. It's like the first thing you think of. And I know there's people coming over and they can't even go to the bars. So what's the point? So they do they give you any idea of when there's going to be some changes or it's just still? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We keep a lot of emotions bundled up inside in life, and sometimes we got to talk to people. I witnessed the benefits with my own two eyes. 
I have a close friend that was struggling with depression and felt like she had no one she could consistently talk to because of her busy schedule. She was matched with a therapist through BetterHelp. After several months of sessions, I've seen a tremendous change in her personality and in her life. If you're needing therapy and and want to get some of those things off your chest, it's entirely online and designed to conveniently work around your schedule and empower you to be the best version of yourself. Just fill out a questionnaire and they will align you with the right therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unimpressed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash unimpressed. No, no, they, 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 they keep laying out um, like road to recovery, kind of road back to normality. And it changes every month. Every month they change it, you know. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It, it, or it, it's when you leave like because the government are deciding what's essential, what's non-essential, you know, and they feel like the entertainment industry is non-essential. Um, so all the musicians here, which Ireland, Ireland is a, uh, is unbelievable talent pool for in entertainment, like like singers, actors, dancers, fighters, anything like that. Ireland, Ireland, the Republic of Ireland has only four million people, and the amount of talent we produce is amazing worldwide. And um, it's come to a complete halt the last the last year and a half. So, yeah, it's 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 worrying times, and there's no clear path to when it's coming back. You know, so that's it's a bit scary. Like. Yeah. Have you have you seen a change in the coping mechanisms of, of the people around you? I mean, that's something, you know, even though we've come out of it, right, a little bit, you know, we're living somewhat of a um, somewhat of a normal life. I think even the hit, you know, the hit coming out of it, I think people's coping mechanisms are a little different and things seem a little slower. I mean, is I couldn't imagine if you're still completely locked down. Do you see any any personality changes in people and people kind I, of going... I, I, I definitely do. I definitely do because in especially in Ireland because we're we're still um like you you could walk past me in Ireland, right? And me and you have never met each other before. And I could make eye contact with you and say, "How are you?" and you will say, "I'm fine, thanks." And we'll both walk on and never see each other for the rest of our lives, you know? But in America, like I've been to America a lot of times, if you said, "How are you?" to a stranger, it's kind of like what what are you doing, buddy? Do you know what I mean? Do you want to do you want to fight or something while you it's kind of so Irish people they rely a lot, especially the older people, rely a lot on human contact and um, we're very good at that. And I think that's been taken away from Irish people the last two years. And what I sense is a lot of um, like a bit of paranoia between the people, a bit of division between the people. Now, there's a big thing in Ireland between the, the vaxxers and the anti-vaxxers and all that kind of stuff. There's, there's a big divide, which wasn't with us before. The one thing good about Ireland is the people and we're usually united and everything. And I just find there's a bit of a divide between the younger and older generations. We have the younger generation who are glued to their phone, TikTok, all this kind of stuff. And we have an older generation who are storytellers, love talking, love going to the pub, love talking to crowds, holding a story among eight or 10 people. That's what Irish people do. And that's all I got now. So have I noticed a difference in personalities and behaviors? Yeah, 100%. People seem very reluctant. Um to talk to each other as much as they did two years ago and trust like in Ireland, like where I live, you could leave the doors unlocked. Like most of the time we all still leave the doors unlocked. It's that kind of thing. But like in the last year, all the doors are locked. No, put it that way. Like everybody locks huh. their doors. now. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. so Mike, I mean, what town are you at in over there? Uh, so Cork city, it's uh it's so Dublin's the capital 
And I live in the second biggest uh, uh, city. So, well, we think it's the real capital, but it's Cork City. Yeah. Um, so that's where I live. It's the, it's the very south of Ireland. And okay. um, yeah, yeah. So um, it wouldn't it wouldn't be like Conor McGregor. You'd be used to like Conor McGregor accents. That's more Dublin. My accent then is more is more south. And we don't like each other as well. Dublin and Cork, we don't we don't like each other as well. We 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 oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's like New Yorkers to the rest of America, you know, that kind of way. Dublin is like our New Yorkers, you know. So yeah, that kind gotcha. of way. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So so is your whole family your whole family's over there and and so far? Yeah, my whole Yeah, my whole, my dad's actually American. My dad was actually my dad's actually born in New York. Um and his sister so I, I have lots of family in New York. I have a few in Boston, a few in um a few in Atlanta and I've uh, my sister's currently living in Vancouver as well. I've lots of family in Vancouver. So yeah, all my mother's family uh, live here and all my dad's family kind of live in America as well. So, so yeah, being yeah, so. a comedian, what is it? Normal setting. What are you, what are you doing being a comedian over there? Yeah, a comedian. So um, we're very behind the times compared to you guys, you know, like when I went to school, I didn't think becoming a comedian was uh, an option. You know, um, I thought it was just for American guys that I would watch on Comedy Central, you know, but after school, I, I decided that I found a little open mic. There was only one comedy club in my whole city. There was only one comedy club when I started. No, there's seven. But when I started, there was only one and you had to break your neck to get in there. So that's where I started telling jokes there in Cork City. So uh, before the lockdown, I was gigging maybe five nights of the week. I owned two comedy clubs myself, one in uh-huh. County Kerry and one in Cork. So Kerry would be a very tourist, uh, a tourist um, town in Ireland. Uh, it would be very popular with Americans. And Americans mm-hmm. are very uh, accustomed to um, to comedy. So when we go down there in the summer, we get massive crowds and it's 90% Americans coming to see our shows. So yeah, about four or five nights a week, I, I would do that. I, I coach uh, comedy to kids. So in my town there, I, I, I do uh, a classes with my girlfriend. My girlfriend's a, a teacher. So me being a comedian, her being a teacher, we kind of have everything covered and we coach kids comedy and drama. So we do that in the mornings when I do gigs at night. I do voiceovers for um, different things like the local radio. I might have to do an American accent or whatever they're selling, whatever kind of accent they need, they, they, they would get onto me, you know. Loads of stuff, loads of stuff. I wrote a script uh, where me and my girlfriend are currently writing a script for Amazon. Amazon are looking for Irish shows. They want to break into the Irish industry. Uh, uh-huh. So they're actually currently looking for shows at the moment. And I, cur- and I, and I recently made them an advert about two months ago for Ireland. So um, they're taking my script now next month, uh, the second draft. They've re- read my first draft. So, so just basically trying to keep my my fingers and all the pies because you can't you can't just be funny anymore on stage and expect uh-huh. to fill out and expect to fill out theaters the days of uh, of that are gone you have to be online you have to be on tiktok instagram facebook you have to be on voiceovers you have to be writing you have to be you have to be doing everything now so a comedian yeah. a comedian doesn't just entail telling jokes on stage it now um it does about 10 to 20 different things a comedian must do these days i feel i feel now have you tried um, to do any live live events over there this is something we're trying to we're trying to integrate i think you know i think there's a balance coming out of this thing and we're trying to we have a venue here where our studio is in charleston south carolina we're trying to develop a multimedia thing so you can buy tickets, you can come to the show, you can see it live, but you also can purchase it live through Facebook because we're we're a media partner with Facebook. So we're trying to develop that. Are y'all thinking about anything like that, about still getting your message out there? Yeah, that, that's um, there's been a lot of that, but I don't think like because the way you've described it is a lot more professional as in like, look, we like to do this. We sell the tickets live. 
as well as it watching it from the comfort of your own home. Where in Ireland, it's kind of, um, oh, there, there's no professionalism to it. Like I've done a few online gigs since lockdown and it's just not the same. I, I, I personally feel it's not. It's not the same as live stand-up comedy. I, I like to see a guy short in the audience and maybe slag. You don't him get that feedback, you know. That feedback, because like you can smell yeah. it, you can take, you can taste the energy in the room sometimes, you know. Um, but look, um, yeah, I, I think it's something that definitely needs to be addressed in Ireland um, about uh, virtual gigs as well as live gigs because it, it's definitely going that way, isn't it? More so in America, and what I see, people yeah. are actually more accepting to pay for online gigs. Where in Ireland. Yeah. People are kind of, we're always 10 years behind you. Put it that yeah. way. We're always in, men, in mentality, not in technology or anything like that. But when you guys accept something, it usually takes us about 10 years to accept that as well. Do you know? Yeah. It, well, my, it, my it, thought process is, I mean, everybody, you know, when we're in the lockdown, everybody went do live events, live events, live events. And, you know, I think some of those were hit or miss. And I think some some people did very well with them. But I think if you do have a split, a split thought process, if you will, for people who may not want to come back out after this thing, may not want to come back out to a live show. I think there is going to be, you know, that market just going for to visual. And so how, I don't how know. We'll, you, we'll see how, how it works. How have you guys been doing with that? How has been the feedback? Is there people paranoid to even go to the shows? And like, so how is it working? Like, no, we've been good. I mean, you know, we've been selling a lot of tickets. I mean, we had one show. We had a thousand people. Wow. Uh, one comedy show um, a couple months ago. And, you know, it's uh, I mean, it's it's we've been fine, you know. Um, so. You know, I just think I think sometimes with this stuff, you got to hit it head on. Yeah. You know, I know everybody. I think we operate in fear, you know, yes. and, and, and people, people are people are afraid of anything different, any change as well. Like that's not from what they're used to. People don't yeah. like it initially. You know, they just don't yeah. like that kind of stuff, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why we're, like, you know, being lambs, if you will. You know, taking and taking def doing playing defense than being on the offense. You know, yes. I think if I think if we were more on the offense, you know, we might figure out more quicker. Exactly, and take more risks. Like it's the only way you're going to find out is by making these mistakes. You know, yeah. like you've got to see it and yeah. go, okay, that that didn't work. Why didn't it work? Okay, let's fix that. You know, like mm-hmm. you have to, like you know. So how do you how do you support yourself now? So at the moment, I uh, my dad has a truck, uh, a delivery company. So I work there two days a week and I still have um, the kids classes. So I'm still allowed to coach kids comedy. And now um, I've gone back to working. So five years ago, before I became a, a professional comedian, uh, I used to work for my father. So I was very lucky that I could just take that job back when comedy stopped. But um, it also it also gives me the motivation to to get back into comedy, you know, because I work so hard to get out of working in trucks to become a full-time comedian. And now through no fault of my own, I'm back in a truck, you know, that kind of way. So uh-huh. it motivates me. And to be honest, man, there's comedians that are better than me uh, in Ireland that have gone back working in construction sites. Like these guys used to sell out theaters and now they're working on construction sites to support themselves and their family. Like it's honestly, it's the arts are, are spat on in Ireland. It's, it's actually crazy. You know, like, like really good comedians are now working on construction sites when last year they were selling a thousand tickets at 25 euros a head. You know, it's, yeah. it's, crazy, who, it's crazy. Who would be one of those guys? Chris would I Kent know any of them? Uh, you, do you know what? Would you know any Irish comedians? Would you know, like the bigger, bigger guys are okay. You know, they got their Netflix, they got their Amazons, but the guys, let's say just a tier below that, 
Yeah. That would have been that would have been making maybe a hundred thousand a year from comedy, but wouldn't be known worldwide. Those guys are fucked. You know, those guys are fucked, man. They're, like I'm hearing stories of like them going back working on construction sites and then their manager asking to take a picture with them. Can I have a selfie? You know, like yeah. it's 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 degrading in a way that you've worked so hard to get to that point and now you're back at the start again, you know. But yeah. in a way it's motivating. In a way, I look at it like a rocky, a rocky film. You know what I mean? Like that man gets knocked down. He gets his money. He gets the world title. Everything gets taken away from him. You got to go again. You know what I mean? If you have the motivation, you'll get there. But it's really hard to stay positive when you don't have a finish line. Like if the government came out and told us, okay, guys, September 22nd, everything's going to be back to normal. But there's none of that. There's none of that. You know, so you just have to every day wake up and just just try to be confident, man. Just try to be optimistic and confident about it. Um, like I, 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 two years ago, I went to San Francisco to do a couple of gigs, you know, and yeah. uh, I, I'm still friends with a couple of guys. I did a, a couple of comedy gigs and like, I'm actually jealous looking at their Facebook, man. I'm actually jealous. Like, I'm just like, oh, like I, I seen one post and they're, they're complaining that audience members have to wear masks, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, guys, just enjoy what you got. Like, even if they have to wear plastic bags over their head, just be happy that you're doing comedy, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. you know, like really, like, you know. Um, but yeah, that, that's the story right now. There's big guys working in construction sites, which is crazy. In 2021, it's it's crazy that this is happening, people, man. It's really crazy. Well, how has the has how has the the pandemic, you know, from a health perspective, affected the the Irish people? I mean, has is uh, has the numbers <sighs> been bad or no? They actually haven't. No, they actually haven't. You see, what happened was we're very close to Great Britain, and they went yeah. for like the herd the herd immunity. You know, yeah. so that kind of whatever happens there kind of affects us because we're so close. Our borders don't really have any meaning, so anybody there can just come into our country. Like it's not really a strict lockdown. You yeah. know, with uh, people coming in. So basically, yeah, England's having high numbers kind of affected us. But really, to be honest, man, um, like no one that my age died, like, but yet they're making us get vaccines and stuff. Um, yeah. So like, no, like, the, the, like I, I play football, I, I, I like soccer, as you guys call it. I play soccer four times a week. I, 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 I eat healthy, but like there's a big, the young people of Ireland are very hesitant to take the vaccine today because they feel like, look, it's not affecting us, man. We, we'll take it when we're older. But, you know, um, yeah, they're saying that to a lot of comedians now. You can't go back unless you get the vaccine, all this kind of stuff. And then there's a lot of people hesitant because there's a lot of mistrust with our government. Like there's a lot of, yeah. you know, we don't really know who to believe right now, you know. Sorry, man. What was your question? I'm after, <laughs> after phasing off there. No, no, you're you're on it. I was just talking about the actual effect. I think we need to dive deeper. I think, you know, I think we... I think as a, I don't know why as a human race, we kind of generalize. I think we generalize everything a lot, you know, from a perspective of like, hey, here's a vaccine and it's supposed to be good for everybody. Instead of yeah. looking at, you know, digging a little deeper and maybe looking at maybe an age group, maybe a group that has a certain ailments, you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And kind of breaking, yeah. breaking down the groups of people that, that may or may not need this thing and, and, and you know exactly I, maybe maybe make a rule once you're 50 or 60 years old when, when you become like i don't know susceptible to, to it like maybe then get it but like right now they're vaccinating 12 year olds in ireland and there's a big like there's not one 12 year old that was that died from covid in in the, in the four million people we have not one person under 30 that was healthy died from this but now yeah. we're given vaccines like 
like I, I have the same I have the same percentages of getting attacked by a shark. Do you know what I mean? Like as in, will I get a vaccine for that as well? Like it's crazy, man. It's it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. In my opinion, anyway, I just find it hard to trust them. Yeah. Well, what are you guys? I, like I, I see a lot. Like we're we're only looking at your guys' news, but there seems to be a divide over there as well. And. In, in, yeah, I mean, in, there's definitely a divide. I mean, there's there's one side of it that wants to be safe and they take the easy way out, and then there's the other side that don't trust it, like you like you're saying, and and they don't want to do it. Like I said, let's do the research instead of just trying to force a thought process one way or another. Let's do the research. Let's find out more. Let's see. Yeah. Let's really dig into what the issues are, and let's let's figure out who needs it and who doesn't. Instead yeah, of yeah. just blanketing our whole population. Exactly. And they're actually creating a divide between us, even though it's not even an argument. Like I, like I respect everyone's decision that wants it, but it seems the people that got it don't respect the people's decision who don't want it. Like, for example, every Friday, even before I came on this podcast, I take my grandfather, who's, who's 85 years old, I take him shopping. Now, he has the vaccine. I don't. He's, he has the vaccine. If the vaccine works, he's fine, right? Like, yeah. what, what, are, what are people complaining about? Like, you know, um, he totally understands. He thinks it's perfect. Um, but then there's people, like, I, I, I seen an article, Jennifer Aniston <laughs> from Friends. Uh, she put out an article during the week. She said, um, any of my friends that uh, don't have the vaccine are now cut from my circle. It's like, Jennifer, you have the vaccine, girl. You're protected. If you trust the vaccine, then you yeah. shouldn't have to worry about your friends who don't have it. Like, you know, ah, oh, man, it's it's like I, I hate taking medical advice from celebrities as well. You know that kind of well, way? It's like, dude, it, it's like you're a great actress, but like, don't tell me how to. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hello. Uh, I mean, that you know, that makes a lot of common sense. I mean. You know, if you got it and there's nothing to worry about it and you support it 110 percent, then why are you worried about it? You know what I'm saying? Why are they? Why can't uh, we just get along, man? Why can't we just get along? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, why are we creating uh, these narratives? Yeah. You know, uh, where these narratives come from? And I think uh, I don't know. I think things have gotten sloppy because I think there's a lot of information out there and people have so much information. The government's not willing to tighten their game up, I don't think. You know, I think no. they're a little bit sloppy. Big type. Big time. And they're always they're always reactive. Do you know, they're, they never like make a decision and that's how it's going to go. It's kind of like, let's see how this plays out. And then we'll make a decision afterwards to react yeah. to something. It's always reactive, man. It's always reactive. And I, I just think that's a poor way to govern anything, really. You must be straight, affirmative, like not North Korea, but like, you know, a bit of leadership. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, t- I think. But then again, there's. There's been quotes going around. Um, I heard Joe Rogan say one the other day, what is it? So, uh, hard times hard times create hard men. Hard men create good times. Good times create soft men. Soft men create hard times. And right yeah. now, I think I think we're in the soft men create hard times thing right now, I think. Because there's no war. There's no there's no nothing. We're, we're all comfortable. We all eat three meals a day. We all go to the job. We all have a car. So now we've all this time to be fighting with each other over a vaccine. Because life is so good, you know? But, like, if you were worried about what food to eat, do I have enough money for tomorrow, you wouldn't have time to bicker about all this shit. Like, we've become yeah. so comfortable. We've become so comfortable as a, a society that we're actually making up problems now to fight with each other. Do you know what I mean? It's crazy, yeah. man. I don't hear that a lot. I like the matter-of-fact, you know, attitude. That's kind of who I am. I, you know, yeah. I talked, I interviewed this, this girl who was originally from Russia. I said, well, people around here think I'm a Russian father. You know, because I'm... <laughs> 
You know, because I'm black or white, you know, and yeah, 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 you have you have a very similar yeah. take on what's thing, going on. I always think my my eyes don't lie to me. They don't lie. You know, like if 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 COVID, all right, okay, if they told me that COVID didn't happen, okay, would I notice that it happened? Do I know anyone personally that died from it? No. Do I know anyone that got severely sick from it? No. Um. So basically, if you didn't, if the news didn't tell me. I wouldn't know. Put it that way. Of course, the shops are closed and all that kind of stuff. But like, I personally wouldn't know. You know that kind of way. But um, yeah, it's getting real. Uh, it's getting yeah. It's weird, man. It's it's weird, man. Well, but I think I think. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to no. say talking about the media too. I think when you talk about media and you're trying to capitalize off this narrative, right? You know, and and I look at some things that. If people doing media th- situations or whatever, and it's, you know, when you do create an advertising company, will create an ad or whatever, they will, they will create an ad around a photo, but the, it starts with the photo, right? Cause the photo is clickable, mm. right? And this is what I try to tell my parents cause I'm parents are in the seventies and I'm like, so you have whatever information you're taking in, I think you have to take off at least 30, 40% on what you hear, because from capitalizing off the information, media companies and advertising companies sometimes start with a photo, right? Because they want people to click on that photo and then they craft their story around the photo, right? If you're starting the process backwards, right? Instead of the pure story, right? There's going to be a dilution in that narrative, right? If you're starting with a photo that you want people to click on. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and that's what a lot of people don't understand because, you know, these people are, you know, in media and, and advertising, whatever, they're trying to make money, right? So, yes, that story may have a line of facts, right? But I do think there is some dilution there on how these stories are created and how they're put out into the marketplace. And I've always said I think there needs to be more regulation on, regulation on that. I think if you're going to be a news broadcaster, if you're going to be a journalist, I think there got to, there has to be more criteria for an opportunity like that, putting out information to the world than, you know, an intern that just got out of school that smokes weed, you know, every day. And I, and I'm not exactly. saying anything, and I'm not saying there's not anything with smoking weed. If you're the young person creating these articles, right? And you smoke a little bit, your creativity, then we add that creativity mindset of a young person. How much yeah. more dilution do we get in that narrative? I completely agree. Like, like journalists, anybody in media, they have no one to answer to. Like they can write whatever they want. And it seems that there's no, like you say, regulation isn't, they can put anything they want and they don't seem to have to answer for anything. Like, like what do they say? If you, if you, if you don't read the newspaper, you're, you're not informed. If you read the newspaper, you're misinformed. So like it's, it's, there's no maverick. There's no maverick in the media anymore. There's no guy yeah. that goes like, okay, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Maybe there is, and they're eliminated. I don't know. Maybe there is. And not just in media. In the world, there seems to be less and less mavericks. We need a guy out there or a girl out there to go, look, I don't give a fuck what happens to me. I actually don't give, I want the truth to be told and the right answers to come out. Look, the media, they, they give something, but do people care about the truth anymore or do they just want to be entertained? That's the other thing. Like, I blame the media, but do we blame people as well? I don't know. Well, it's- I think that there, there has to be some type of change. I think that, I think now that a light has been shined on our whole society and it, there's more information out there, hopefully the younger people, 
you know, maybe kids my daughter's age will understand that. And, and they change that narrative. The other the other dilution of narrative that I see, you know, with these entities as well, is who owns these media companies? Who owns these news companies? You know, so you take, I think um, Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. You know, Carlos Slim is the majority stakeholder. And, you know, the New York Times. So you have a Mexican billionaire who owns 60% of the New York Times, and he has a narrative towards America, I'm sure. Right? So where does that voice start? And then you add the picture. Then you add the guy who's putting the story together. Where's How much dilution we got? How, at the end of that story, how much of that story is real? Yeah. And it, and it's just and you know what it's getting worse and worse. It's you know it's like it's like that propaganda back in World War Two. You know that kind of way when you kind of own the <laughs> everything going forward and down the list. Like there should be regulations there. You you shouldn't be able to own like a whole chain of like from the top to the bottom. My info, everything is designed around me. Do you know like Jeff. Be- like Jeff Bezos even owning all that kind of stuff. Look, great stuff. That's democracy. A guy can get that far, but like there has to be a point where you're like, okay, this is all about him. This is only his news. We're only getting it from his side. Like it's affecting the world now. You know, it, it's crazy, man. It actually is. It's, I mean, it's I would, hey, if it was me, I would probably use it for my benefit too. I ain't going to lie. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But I want to do some, I at least want to do some good with it. You know, I don't think people want to do enough good. That's why we need Mavericks, man. We need a guy to come out and go, yeah, exactly like that. I don't give a fuck. Oh, sorry, we love course. Sorry, I, I don't care about this. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'm just going to just do this. It's my money. I'm going to tell the truth. But there's no guy out there. My theory is anybody to get to a billionaire or to become a billionaire, you got to look at how, how he got that billion. You know, it's not from being nice and giving it away and doing charitable things. Like a lot of things like, like Bill Gates now, oh, he's... He's donated a billion for this cancer research. There's no donation anymore. There's no donation. He's giving you a billion for his own interest. In the future, yeah. he'll want something back or the narrative to turn in his way. There's no donations anymore. Forget about yeah. that. Like, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, I love your energy, man. It's hell. You need to get over here and do some stuff, man. You, do you... Do you do any uh, do you do any improv or anything like that? I mean, the video stuff? I do, yeah. On TikTok, you'll find me uh, Mike Morgan Comedy. I do a lot of my funny sketches there, and then my stand-up will be on my YouTube and uh, my Patreon. It's Mike Morgan Comedy, if you want to find any of that. So I put, I'll put up all that kind of stuff uh, there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what, um, is, uh, what is the go-to type of scenario, relatability for your uh, videos? I do a lot of American versus Irish. I do a lot of things okay. like about... We, you see, you guys have a lot of uh, murder documentaries, right? And we got our first one this year, okay? We, Ireland actually got a, a murder documentary. And we found out that it shows in that murder documentary, basically, that the police in the 90s in Ireland didn't have cameras, didn't have guns, basically were, were an absolute laughing stock. So I make a lot of comparisons between how cool your police are, you know? You'd walk up to a crime scene, put on some sunglasses, I know the guy. Uh, all that and then our police are kind of like with no camera trying to draw the body dead on the floor you know so there's a lot of comparisons like i i can make a lot of american irish jokes because half my family is american so i i I get that a lot um yeah just basically storytelling man if you if if anybody out there enjoys irish storytelling i'm your guy come onto my page watch my comedy it's it's a lot of that stuff a lot of callbacks 
all that kind of stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, big time. I like it. And and do you whatever plays out the next year, and hopefully y'all will have an end date with mm. with your lives. And um, do you see yourself staying in Ireland, working in Ireland? You see yourself coming to America for a while. What do you? Where do you yeah, see I, yourself? I, I'll a hundred percent. I go over to the UK. I and I've been over to America gigging a few, like once or twice. But once this is over, I'll be back over because um, my biggest problem is my ac- people from where I'm from have this accent and it's very hard to understand universally, you know? Like, this yeah. is me talking very slow now. Like, as in, if I was talking to someone from here, like, you wouldn't understand, you know? So yeah. my, big, my biggest problem is in Ireland, everybody understands me. Outside Ireland, I really have to work on it. So that's why I go to America for two weeks. That's why I go to the UK for two weeks. So I can work on everybody understanding me, you know? So 100%, man, once this lockdown is over here, I'll be over to America. I'll be over to Vancouver. I'll be over to San Fran. I like the scenes there. I like the comedy scenes there. I really, I find I can get four gigs in one night there. You know, I could get 20 gigs in a week. So I find that I, I can really learn a lot. I can learn six months worth of stuff in two weeks, you know? Um, yeah. So I'll be doing all that uh, when, when things so open where do up you, again, yeah. where do you get your, where do you get your inspiration from? I mean, they say, you know, we have comedians that we manage as well. And I mean, what, where do you, they say comedy comes from the darkest places, right? Uh, Where do yeah. you pull from? I, like that. I, I would pull from something that, that I would like, yeah, find tough in my life, you know, and kind of make the funny out of it. I, I see a lot of comedians doing that, but a lot of it would be observational. A lot of things would be things I would see with my own eyes, things I, and not only that, when I see something, does everybody see it? You know, like, for example, um, all right. So in Ireland, all right. So, Okay. Have you ever been out in public and someone has bumped into you, right? And they know who you are, but you don't know who they are. Does that ever happen to you? Like as in when you're out in a shop, Ireland's very small. So yeah. that happens a lot. Yeah. So a lot, of, a lot of Irish people would agree with that topic. So that's a good starting point for a joke. You know, it's, it's kind of not only taking from your own life, but make sure everybody gets it. So when you start yeah. the joke, you're like, oh yeah, that's happened to me. Oh, that's happened to me. I can't yeah. wait to see yeah. what he says about that because that happens to me, you know? That kind of stuff. Um, I'm getting a lot of jokes about children these days from coaching comedy to children because I don't have any kids myself, but I, I, I find a lot of comedians when they have kids, that's when their material begins. Like it's all like, oh, when they have a baby, when the toddler, like a lot of their material comes from their child, you know? So yeah. I find I'm getting a lot of material now from those kids inside there, just how they behave. I, I feel now I can relate with parents. I can relate with old people, people my own age, teenagers. I, I, I can kind of relate to everything. So no, nothing specific as in, oh, this is how I do comedy, but in a way that I wouldn't rule anything out. I could do anything, basically. Yeah, basically. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, you you married? You got a girlfriend? Or? I got a girlfriend, yeah. We've been going out like four years. Um, yeah, we'll probably get married uh, when the place uh, opens up again, maybe have <laughs> one, or, one or two kids or something hey, like that. <laughs> yeah, at least you have an excuse not to get married right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Long live the lockdown. No, no. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I mean, what, what, I guess one question is, is there something you can do for fun outside of work, outside of every day? Is there what is there? Is there a little bit of an escape that you can do outside of your normal day to day? Yeah, I, I, I play I play soccer. I play like um, that's so, it. Yeah, I play I played soccer since before before I wanted to become a comedian. I wanted to be a professional soccer player. 
And then at about 16, 17, you find out, are they going to give you a contract or not give you a contract? And they didn't give me one. So then I was like, ah. Oh. And then I kind of thought about becoming a comedian. But like, um, I've always loved soccer. I've coached soccer before. And I'm nearly 30 now. So I'm trying to get the last few years in before retirement, you know. So, yeah, just really going. I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of soccer. Yeah, really. I, I find when I don't play it, things will build up. Like if I, if I don't play soccer uh, for a month or two or get no exercise, I find my comedy deteriorates as well because I'm not as happy as a guy. I'm not as, you know, I'm more tense, you know, where soccer, I yeah. kind of let it out. You can let everything out and, you know, tackle a guy or whatever, you know. Yeah. And, uh, I find that helps mentally, like with comedy. I, I find that complements it, you know. Definitely. And what, what is the real... And what is the real thought process in Ireland about Conor? Conor McGregor? Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll put my hands up, right? From the, very, <laughs> from, the, from the very first day, I did not like this man. I don't like him, boy. I actually don't like him. I don't like him at all. I think he, No, I understand what he's doing. He's a brilliant... Uh, he's unbelievable at selling tickets. He has to talk like that to sell tickets. And in fairness, everybody in the MMA should give him... 20% of their paycheck because he's after rising that game like no one else. But like this guy has punched, like he punched an old man in the face in Ireland because the old man didn't like his whiskey. You know, there's big reports on him. Like after the, after the Floyd Mayweather fight, he was cheating on his girlfriend for like three nights straight up in Dublin. A lot of hookers. Didn't, like he's not a classy guy, dude. He's not a classy guy. I, he's not a good representation of Ireland because Irish people truly, and I'm lucky enough to travel the world. The best thing about Ireland is the people. They're very, very nice. And I don't think that's a nice man. Personally, I don't think that's a nice man. I, if I seen him across the road, I wouldn't go up and ask for a picture or anything. I, I don't really like him. He's a bit, uh, I think he's a bad dude. But then again, people respect him and sure, each to their own. Um, but personally, I like when he gets beat. Put it oh, that who's way. The, who's, the, who's, the, who's the icon? Who, like in, from Ireland, who would, who would everybody in the, the country be like, okay, oh. there's no bad, bad, you know, blood. Yeah. People think people think Bono out of U two, you know U two the band. Yeah. But we actually we actually all hate him because he doesn't pay tax. He hasn't paid tax in Ireland in like thirty years, so we all hate him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, good uh, for him. Hey, good yeah, job, good Bono. Oh man, I, again, I totally would do the same, man. I would totally do the same. And um, yeah. you know, uh, we've a lot of like local heroes, but I suppose like we like Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan is kind of like. Because he was James Bond, right? Yeah. So like, uh, and he's Irish, so he's like untouchable. Like, like you cannot say a bad word about Pierce Brosnan in Ireland. Um, yeah, lots of uh, lots of local heroes. Lots of um, have you heard of our sports? It's like hurling and Gaelic football. Have you ever heard of these sports? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. They're yeah. like they're like really barbaric sports that are unique to Ireland, you know. And the best at that game are kind of the heroes of Ireland, basically. Uh, so yeah. Um, yeah, the, basically the people that you think are huge, we hate. We're very like jealous people as well. If you make it to a certain point, we don't like you anymore. You have to stay humble. You know what I mean? It's like, don't yeah. get the nice car. Don't get the nice car. Get the car we all have and then we'll love you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, Bono's not liked. Conor McGregor's not really liked. Um, let me think a couple more of the famous. Robbie Keane. We love Robbie Keane. He played for LA Galaxy there a couple of years ago. Went over and played some soccer with David Beckham. He'd be a big name. Um, yeah, that's it, man. That's it. Nice. Yeah, we're a very, we're a very nice. small country. Very small. Like a, a lot of people, like when I went to America, everybody's, oh my God, I'm Irish. My great grandfather's Irish. My dad's Irish. 
Well, it's crazy because there's only four million people in Ireland, and we've mm-hmm. touched every corner of the world, like, you know. So it's pretty. Yeah, unique, I mean, there's a big. You know, I just I just moved to Charleston from New York area. I was 20 miles from Midtown, oh. and I'd been there 12 years. And I mean, there's a huge Irish population. Yeah, I mean, it's massive. it's it's Jewish, Italian, Irish, are yeah. the three big big uh, populations in in that in that area. It's amazing. It makes me proud, man. It makes me yeah. proud. It's actually it's actually so cool. And I love yeah. I love working with Irish. I mean, my lawyers, all my lawyers were Irish. <laughs> you know, my const- my uh, builder was Irish. No way. You know, um, so it's either I had you know being in entertainment is either from a daily life aspect. It it was mostly Irish, right? But entertainment aspect, mostly Jewish. Oh. You know? Yeah, that, that 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 is actually a lot in America. Isn't it? It's like the, yeah. the the Jewish people are very in the entertainment industry, even with all the names and comedy and in 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 movies. It's like that's like their thing, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's their yeah. it's their bag, and then and then you have the Velvet Rope Mafia, which is a little yeah. another part of the of the uh, entertainment world. But yeah, I mean, it's um, I've always had a good time. I can't drink with Irish guys. Nah, you know, yeah. I feel me, like me, I can't me, me, I can't man. function the next day. <laughs> Every time you I hang out with an Irish guy, I can't function the next day. I'm like, no, I can't I, do that. I gave up on that a long time ago as well, man. It's really hard. Yeah, yeah. Like you got to stay drinking. Like if they buy one point, like one pint of beer, you have to stay with them. So if they're drinking, you got to drink as much as they drink. Because when they order the next one, you got to pay for the next one. And they pay for the third one. And you pay for the fourth one. So if you're not in line with their drinking... You like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, man, the next two yeah. days is like hangover central, <laughs> man. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should do, before we get off here, we should do a follow-up. I don't know, maybe in a month or two, do a follow-up, check back in with you, see how you're doing. Give us, a, give us some eyes over there in Ireland. I think 100%. that's pretty cool to understand what's going on in other countries. Hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. I would, I would be delighted to do that. And thanks very much for having me on, man. Thanks very yeah. much for having yeah, me. It was on. cool. I love your energy. I think you got to, you know. I always say a good comedian has a very, a very fast thought process and be able to turn a thought process very quick. So I think uh, you may have more than a turning quick thought process. <laughs> nice one. I, 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 I wish I, I wish you could say that to my old teachers. They would have been like, oh, what? But uh, <laughs> very you know good, what I mean. And, and how how are you guys getting on uh, with this podcast? Are you guys doing a lot of uh, interviews and a lot of stuff and from yeah, all over yeah, the this world? Is, um, just... I think this is episode forty five. I mean, we're we're oh, trying whoa. to do. We we have a massive network on social media, so we're so what we do with the podcast, we're, we'll take this podcast, put it up through the normal distribution, right, and then we'll take pieces and put it on TikTok and. You know, I think we have 300,000 people there. And on Facebook, we have about 150 million people. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's it's getting out there. I don't like to be political. I know we talked about some matter of fact stuff. I mean, I don't don't think that's too political. I think that's just it is what is it is what it is, you know, and I try to I try to unveil the guest. I try to do something different because every every news entity or every show is has is a political conversation yeah you know i think it's played out a hundred percent man a hundred percent and can i ask you where where are you from in america where like where i'm from originally from north carolina north carolina is that where michael jordan's from or is he South carolina michael jordan oh yeah 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 yeah. 
man, I love your accent, man. It's so like when I when I talk about uh, people not understanding me when I go outside, or, your accent is probably the, that type. The, that Carolina accent is actually the easiest to understand in the world. I honestly think it's actually <laughs> everything. Everything is so clear. Everything. Oh man, it's a beautiful accent, man. It's a beautiful <laughs> accent. Very musical, boy. Very musical, you know. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like nice. it, boy. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Well. Everybody check out comedian Mike Morgan. Uh, check him out on TikTok. Check him out on Facebook. Great guy. Great energy. We're going to do a follow-up with him in a couple months. So let's write that down, Matt. Definitely. And uh, appreciate everybody watching the show today. I'm John Edmonds Cosma. This is comedian Mike Morgan. This has been Thank your you. Unimpressed Podcast. Have a good day, man. Thanks very much, man. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 